This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 488 of the Stable Scoop Show. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsor this week is Purina Mills. This week, we revisit one of our favorite guests, Daniel Stewart, who joined us to chat about pressure-proofing your riding and what to do if you're a perfectionist. Plus, Alina brought us an interesting magnetic product. Listen in. Hi, everyone. Glenn the Geek here, and thank you for joining me this week. Well, this week, I am at PodFest, which is one of the largest podcasting conferences in the country, and I'm pleased to be doing the opening keynote there and a couple of other sessions as well. So that's why we have a best of for you today. And as I said in the opener, we're going to take a look at an episode that we did, well, this was a ways back 2013, October 3rd, episode 268, called Pressure Proof Your Riding with Daniel Stewart. I know a lot of you are new listeners, so this will be new for you, and Daniel Stewart is timeless. You can always listen to him. Plus, those of you that are missing Helena's voice, here you go. You'll get a little Helena this week. Next week, we'll have another best of for you as we look back in time and we do a little bear wrangling. Uh, And then the following week, we'll be back to our normal schedule. Next week, of course, is the Horse Lovers Cruise. I'm excited to be cruising with 40 of you, our listeners. It's going to be so much fun. If you're listening to this program, it's obvious you love horses. And let's be honest, our older horses hold a really special place in our hearts. That's why we want to do everything we can to keep our old companions around as long as possible and living their best lives. Well, our friends at Purina get this. That's why they developed Purina Equine Senior Horse Feed with ActiveAge, a proprietary prebiotic proven through the years of research to support a senior horse's aging immune system. Because when it comes to our horses, greatness never ages. To learn more, visit PurinaMills.com backslash equine senior. That's PurinaMills.com backslash equine equine senior and i'm helena b and you're listening to the stable scoop radio show on the horse radio network well first we want to apologize for helena's hollow soundingness um she's had a lot to drink for breakfast that isn't sounding so good so (laughs) (laughs) actually her microphone had a lot to drink for breakfast and isn't sounding so good (laughs) we have to order her a new mic apparently hers decided to die right before the show today uh, so uh, so we got we at least can do the show. You're just going to sound a little hollower than usual, not as rich and beautiful. Oh, damn. I really strive for rich and beautiful. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get her a new one ordered before next week's show, and it'll all be fine. Daniel Stewart has been a successful international trainer and instructor for over 25 years. In addition to the U.S., he's trained riders in Spain, Portugal, Canada, Mexico, Belgium, the United Arab Emirates, Greece, and the West Indies. All places I'd like to go someday. Yeah. <laughs> well, except the U.S. You know, I was kind of born and raised here. It's not really very exciting. From 2000 to 2006, he coached riders on several U.S. equestrian teams to success at World Championships, World Equestrian Games, and the Olympics. As the internationally acclaimed author of Pressure Proof Your Riding and Ride Right, he's widely considered one of the world's leading experts on equestrian sports psychology, biomechanics, and athletics. Daniel teaches clinics and seminars to thousands of riders each year and is a popular guest speaker at many national and international equestrian conventions, as well as a regular guest here on the Horse Radio Network. Coach Stewart has been the subject of numerous magazine and newspaper articles, is the equestrian sports psychology expert for the Horse Radio Network, 
and is the mental training coach for the USEA website. I need a mental training coach for just life, I think. <laughs> Um, so we're I don't not know if he helps with marital stuff and you know <laughs> relationships. I don't know. <laughs> don't we? We have an expert for that stuff, right? <laughs> We've had. Well, when Daniel's not traveling to teach his sold-out clinic tours, he holds online sports psychology sessions via Skype and teaches online certification classes to train riders how to teach his sports equestrian sports psychology seminars and rider fitness workshops. I'm very happy to welcome Daniel back to the Stable Scoop Show. Well, hi there. Well, it, it is very nice to be back. I, 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 I think I took a little bit of a break from uh, from speaking with you on the Horse Radio Network for a while while I was writing my new book. But it's it's nice to be uh, it's nice to have a few minutes in the day to be able to speak with you instead of having to have a pen and paper and write all the time. So thank you for having me back. I sure sure enjoy it. Well, you're welcome. And now you two got to spend some time together this summer, didn't you, Helena and Daniel? We did, yes. There was um, a that clinic. Sounds, that sounds bad. That sounds like you need that marital, that marital therapist. Yeah, right after we talked about, about the marital Glenn. stuff. That's pretty oh, good. Glenn, I mean, you, you're so smooth. You're so smooth. That was super smooth. Good job. Well this is why we called Glenn the troublemaker. And, you know, he doesn't mean to. He just walks right it's, in there. Daniel's wife doesn't listen. We're fine. <laughs> She doesn't listen. My wife is a scuba diving instructor. She listens to the other radio stations. That's so. right. <laughs> is she really? I didn't know that. That's awesome. Oh, she is. Yeah, yeah, well, that's yeah. That's terrific. She, yeah, yeah. Do they have? Do they have? You, I mean, you can't listen to podcasts in your scuba gear, can you? <laughs> Oh, that's a good a, idea. Wouldn't that be fun to listen to music underwater? Well, yeah. when I was a competitive swimmer, we used to have music pump, piped into the pool. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Did it sound yeah. like, hour after hour. Yeah. yeah. You're going for that last 50 meters and you just, you need something. The Rolling Stones, the Who, somebody in there. Keep going. All right. But that's water. We're talking about horses. And yes, um, I had the pleasure of attending one of Daniel's clinics up here in Rhode Island this summer. And we, the exercise we, you had the riders do was the playground, right, Daniel? But it's funny. I had you do the playground, and doesn't that sound nice? Doesn't it yeah, sound yeah. like oh, the playground? <laughs> I get to ride in something called the playground. I get to swing on the all, swing, and uh, it yeah, does. It yeah. sounds all Play a fun baseball. and warm. And, and how can I sign up? And I can't wait. And then you sign up, and you get there, and you find out it's the most ridiculously, horrifyingly difficult thing you could ever imagine <laughs> wanting to ever do. So <laughs> I kind of, I kind of trick everybody into doing it. The, the, crazy difficult clinic by calling it the playground <laughs> it was hard but it was the, the point was to pr help pressure proof your riding and and the exercise put the riders under pressure and then throughout the course of the clinic you gave them some really helpful techniques on how to ride through that pressure to achieve their best even in this this one particular exercise yeah, you you know the, the the clinics are wonderful. You know, as hard as hard as I make them sound, they are wonderful, and they they sort of follow two really important principles. The first one is called simulation training. So, if um if you're going to if you plan on experiencing pressure or show jitters or nerves or getting distracted, if you if you plan on putting yourself into riding situations that might create those, might create distractions or pressure. So, if you're going to put yourself into competitive situations or even recreational situations. 
that might create those things, then it's important in our practices to simulate them. You know, so it's called simulation training. And it's, we're good with that because we know that, that if a horse needs to go through water on cross country, well, we're going to simulate water in our practices. So we'll simulate water by putting a, a tarp on the ground or a little bit of a water on the ground or make him walk through a puddle. We'll slowly desensitize him to water by exposing him to water in his practices. So when he sees water um, on course cross country, he's desensitized to it. So the, so the bottom line with the, with the pressure-proof clinic program is that if we're going to experience pressure and show jitters and competitions, let's desensitize ourselves to them by feeling pressure and show jitters at home. You know, so obviously the more, the more you experience the, the challenges, things that are difficult, the more you experience them in your practices, the greater chance you have of learning and understanding that you're capable of overcoming them. But if we, um, if we simply say, boy, I get, I get nervous and distracted um, under pressure, what a shame. You know, and then you go and you compete and you get nervous and distracted. Well, unfortunately, the brain doesn't let the body be its very best. So, um, yeah, so this program pressures and distracts and rushes and does all these horrible other things to the riders in their training so that they can figure out how to, how to, how to deal with them, how to control those emotions in our practices, which, uh, you know, which allows them to figure out how to do it on competition day as well. So, yeah, you're right. I pressure the riders, distract them, rush them. And uh, and then throughout the clinic, I'll 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 do my best to to give them tools, you know, um, uh, uh, what what they can do to improve their ability to ride well under pressure, you know. So if uh, if a rider, you know, if I'm talking to a rider and he's listening to me in the middle of his course, I'll yell at him. And I'll say, hey. Stop listening to me. <laughs> I mean, it's horrible, but but you're on course. There's only one thing that's important right now, and that's that's well, two things, I guess. You and your horse. So if, and I'll try and distract the rider on course. They'll be on course, and I'll ask the rider, "What's your horse's name?" They'll look at me. They'll go, "Well, his name is Glue Factory." And I'm like, "Don't talk to me. Don't answer my questions. Keep your head in the game. Stay focused." And and that's just a, a, a neat little neat little way of telling the rider that hey. Yeah, what's going on right now is about my horse and I. It's not about Coach Stewart. It's not about people watching. It's not about what the judge thinks. It's about it's about what's happening right now in this bubble that is full of my horse and I. So pretty neat clinic. Thanks. It was a lot of fun, and I was not. I I was auditing, and I had the chance to scribe for Daniel and sort of keep track of what was happening with each of the riders as they went through the course. And I thought, well, this is easy. <laughs> I can do this. Oh, no, 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 no. There's plenty of pressure trying to keep track of what's happening because it's happening so fast and you're trying to write these things down and there's a group of people behind you. So if you have a chance to attend one of these clinics, don't feel like you're missing out as an auditor. There is plenty of opportunity to figure out how to, how to deal with pressure whether you're on the ground or you're in the tack. It was really, and it was fun. You know, I, it's not horrible at all. I think, Daniel, you're being a little humble, but it's a, you make it a lot of fun. There's, there's lots of humor. There's a, a tremendous amount of opportunity to, I would say one of the things I liked the best was that you actually give the riders the freedom and the mental space to think and process individually. You, you don't micromanage their learning. So I think right. each person ends up learning the, from themselves. You know what? If, if I do a good job, you're right. If I do a good job, I, can, I, I believe I can create a clinic that's, that's very difficult, very challenging, but at the same time entertaining. 
and and I and at the end of the day, we need to remember that we're we're sort of blessed because we get to do what we love, but we also have to love what we do, you know. So so if I pressure a rider and they they get upset and frustrated and the tears start to come out, then 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 there's a, a, a sort of a, a different tangent I can take with that rider, and that that tangent might be entertaining. So I might try and make that rider laugh or giggle a little tiny bit. Um, you know, so, so I think I'll do my best to work with each rider individually, but at the same time, I truly believe that, that the riders can learn through these clinics in so many different ways. They learn by, um, they, burn, they can learn by watching the other riders in the class. I mean, that, they, they can learn by that, but, but I think perhaps one of the greatest morals of the story, and this isn't just a riding lesson. I think this is a life lesson. Um, I truly believe that the riders learn through making mistakes in my clinics. So I'll give them a really, they'll give them a difficult course to ride. Um, and, and you know this, I'll put the clock on them. So I'll give them a difficult course. If they forget their course, if they pull a rail, or if they go too fast or too slow, then I'll give them faults. I'll give them time faults and I'll give them penalties. Well, if they score too many, then at the end of the clinic, they have to dismount and do 100 sit-ups in the dirt. So not only is there pressure and rushing, but there's punishment involved. Um, and, and I think the important moral of the story here is, in the beginning, I'll make the clinic very difficult and I'll allow the riders to make a little bit of a mistake. So let's say they're supposed to complete the course in 30 seconds. They complete it in 36 seconds. Well, they went six seconds too slow. So now they have a choice. They can go back into the corner. They can await their next course and they can say to themselves, oh my gosh, I'm horrible. I went six seconds too slow. I made a mistake. Or the rider can go back to the corner and say, wow, I was really slow. I'm going to move my horse forward. I'm going to put my leg on. I'm going to ride more confidently next time. And what that rider does is they prove that we can learn through making mistakes. And I think this is just such a wonderful moral for life in general. Um, allow ourselves to make little mistakes because mistakes should not be considered missed opportunities. Um, I truly believe they should be considered learning opportunities. Um, every time we make a little mistake, we get a little bit smarter. If if we're confident, if we allow ourselves to look at the mistake, own the mistake, identify what caused it, and then go out and try it again and fix it. So when we make a mistake, go out and fix it. Well, I have to believe that's the pure definition of improvement, learning through challenges, learning through difficulty, learning through pushing ourselves outside our comfort zone. And when we do that, we might make mistakes from time to time, but it's those little mistakes that teach us how to get better. So, um, so the pressure-proof clinics, um, I agree with you. They're very difficult, but if I do a good job, I'll have the riders laughing and giggling and learning um, through making little mistakes. So uh, we might, and, and, and I truly believe there's only two kinds of riders, those that start slow and, 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 and frustrated and those that slow and, and strong. And that's, I think, what we're trying to teach here is allow yourself to make little mistakes. Um, and like I said earlier, it's a great riding lesson, but I think it's a life lesson. If we have a young rider who, who doesn't pass their driving test, you know, they practice and they, they study, and they, but they don't pass their driving test, well, they can go home and get sad and frustrated and cranky and say, I'm never going to drive. Well, they made the mistake, but they didn't really learn from it. Or they can go home and they can go, hey, mom, can I have the keys? Can you take me out and teach me that parallel parking thing? I'm really tragic at it. And then they're going to learn from the mistake of not doing the parallel park. They're going to figure it out. They're going to do it well. They're going to get their test, and they're going to pass it next time. So that rider, that youngster, learned that making a little mistake from time to time makes us better, makes us stronger. And... um 
there's a, there's a, a crazy technique. It's called push to failure, and perhaps that's what I do in these clinics is I push the riders to the point where they'll make a mistake from time to time. Um, like a muscle man, he'll lift the weight so heavy he can only do it twice, but he'll tell himself to try it a third time. Even though he can't do it a third time, he tries, he tries, he tries, but he fails. Well, what ends up happening is the muscles of the muscle man well, they grow and they get stronger. And I believe that if a rider pushes themselves outside their comfort zone, does things that challenge them a little bit and things that might cause them to make mistakes from time to time, I truly believe that those mistakes, like the arms of the muscle man, I truly believe the rider grows and gets stronger through making the mistakes. So, um, so anyways, yeah, difficult clinics. If I do a good job, I, 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 I believe I can make them very enjoyable and, and, a, and a ton of fun. And then at the end of the day, I think we teach a, a moral of the story that, that might go beyond riding, and that is push yourself outside that comfort zone. Don't be afraid to make a few mistakes because it's those mistakes that strengthen us, make us stronger, and help us to grow as riders. So, yeah. I'm never afraid to make mistakes. (laughs) Wait a minute. I'm afraid to come off and get hurt. Making the mistake is not so much a problem, but you're right. You know, you, you, um, I rode 10 miles on Sunday in a hundred pace and there was plenty of opportunity to make small mistakes and adjust. And, you know, you do something, you try something different, you grab some mane, maybe you change the angle of your bit or something. You just, there's a lot of opportunity to, to mix things up. And then there's a lot of opportunity to say, oh, that didn't work. I made a mistake here. I made a mistake there. Um, but you also have to have a certain amount of, um, I guess, humility. And that's the interesting thing about some riders. I always wonder, I wonder if you, if you ask them this or if you can tell when you, when you have a rider in front of you, like, why are you there? Why do you ride? What, what is your, what's going on in your brain? Are you able to make mistakes? Are you able to accept the challenge of making mistakes. Can you tell yeah. when you have a rider in front of you what, what you sure have? Sure, I can. Yeah. You know what? I can, I can, I, I'm pretty sure I can, tell, I can tell before the rider even starts the clinic, you know, how, how, they're, going to, uh, how they're going to handle the clinic, how, how they're, how they're going to feel in that clinic. Um, uh, you know, we can sort of generalize riders into, into two schools, um, uh, the perfectionist and the realist. <laughs> Okay, and the perfectionist lives their lives wanting to be perfect. Um, and unfortunately, the, when we look at the perfectionist, um, and I love this quote: "Perfectionists think they need to be too good for their own good." Um, there is nothing perfect in what we do. You know, I've worked with some of the world's greatest riders. I've yet to see the perfect rider. Um, um, uh, so anyway, the perfectionism and the perfectionistic tendencies, they, they hurt. They hurt. They really do. They hurt our feelings. They hurt our potential. Um, because a rider, if they set the bar of expectation so high that they need to be perfect every time, and if they're not perfect, they feel frustrated and disappointed. Well, Unfortunately, the frustration and the disappointment are such hurtful, deep feelings in, in the human. They're so, they're so hurtful that they interfere with something more important, and that is the love of the ride. So, so, yeah, but I gotta, but I, I gotta say, not but. I, I wanna, I wanna jump in here. The perfectionist uh-huh. too. First of all, I, I, I wonder if there's a different sport they could have chosen that didn't involve an animal that also has a brain. But um, the perfectionist has to, it's so tough because they live, they're not just a perfectionist in their riding, they're perfectionists in everything they do. How do you overcome that? And can, can everybody overcome that? Or are there just people that just can't overcome that? 
you know what? Great question. People can overcome it. They, they really can. Um, uh, I think this is so interesting. Habits, behavior patterns, muscle memory, these things are created in 21 days. So I truly believe that if a rider wants to hard enough, if it means enough to them, if they're, if, they're, if they're done, if they're over being upset, being frustrated because, because they're, never, they're never living up to this lofty, high perfectionistic tendency of theirs, if they, if they cry and they feel that this just isn't worth it anymore, if, it, if their riding means enough to them, if they're willing to make the changes that are required, they do get to change. But you're right, Glenn. Who we are in our horse is who we are. You know, if, if I invited a perfectionistic rider over to my house, they'd walk around my house and straighten all my pictures. Right, exactly. You know, they would leave. Right. They'd leave. My house would be super clean. Mine would, they would um, dust mine. So uh, They would yeah. dust yours yeah. and they'd straighten out mine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, but what we need to do is we need to, we need to sort of back up and we need to remember why we ride. Do we, did we start riding for, for blue ribbons? Did we, did we start riding to, to, to beat an opponent? Did we start riding to move up a level? Well, you know, I at think, the end of the day, we didn't. The other well, day, we started riding. I, I would argue with horse. you a little bit there. I think mm-hmm. that uh, 20, 30 years ago, it, there were probably more kids that got into riding just because they could have a backyard pony and they were riding for the fun of it and they were bareback and they were playing cowboys and Indians and blah, blah, blah. Nowadays, you have so many more kids that are coming directly into taking lessons for competition that never had that that experience that that for instance my wife did of having the backyard pony that they tr- truly did things they should have never done on um, <laughs> but they learned how they they did it for fun um, so they established the they, they established the love of riding before they established the love of the competitive spirit correct and know, i think or, that's or the, cha- don't you win. think that's changing a little bit now because there's less you and know less what? I'm, yeah, I'm still going to take the high road. I'm, okay. I'm still going to take the high road. And, and <laughs> All right, leave me down that. here by myself. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to... Sorry about that. I'm still, I'm still going to... I don't know how Lena's staying out of it altogether. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and we never want to generalize or, or, or create right, a stereotype I, I that. That, yeah. that, that it's, it's a 100% deal that right. we're all doing you know, the same thing for the same reason. But, but I, I still believe that the, the vast majority of riders become riders because one day their sister took them to the barn and they got to pet a horse and smell a horse and get bumped into by a horse and sit on a horse and feel it move and then get hooked. You know, I still believe that, that the vast majority of riders are still starting because of the horse. Young, youngsters who have that need for deep competition, um, I'm not so sure that they would look first towards horses because, as you said earlier, there's such an uncontrollable, unpredictable aspect to our sport. You know, so so perhaps if a young youngster has this massive desire to be competitive and and that sort of thing, I wonder if they wouldn't look towards other sports first. You know, I wonder if they wouldn't look in their neighborhood and say, "I can join a basketball team or a hockey team or or a gymnastics or a tennis team." Now. There are those riders. There are those youngsters and adults who start riding for the love of uh, of, of the competition, and and I and I think it's such a natural step to go from the love of the horse, the love of being with the horse, to 
testing the horse and showing off the horse at a horse show. So I think that's a, that's a wonderful progression into the competitive arena. But, but I still have to believe, and, and, and I teach so many riders, and, and I think, Bull, you know, the majority of my clients are young riders. Um, I still have to believe that from what I can tell, the vast majority of your riders are still starting for the love of, of, of the sport. So... Um, but like you mentioned, Glenn, doesn't matter how much you love riding. If you're a perfectionist in your life, you're going to take that perfectionism with you onto your horse. Um, and uh, and and you know what? Being a perfectionist, at the end of the day, it's not it's not all gloomy. It's not all it's not all bad. For example, perfectionists make the world's best students. They listen more than anybody else. They arrive before everybody else. They stay later than everybody else. They work. They really do. They work harder than most everybody else. Perfectionists are wonderful students because they give 120%. But sadly, sometimes, since since they believe that they're the best student, oftentimes they mis, misinterpret that as meaning they're going to be the best competitors. And sometimes being the best student doesn't necessarily equate to being the best competitor. And you can just imagine how how, 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 how hurtful that can be, you know, how, mm. how upsetting that can be for, for a youngster who works so hard, so much harder than everybody else, and then goes out and competes and sets this massively lofty high goal and doesn't reach it. And, and here's, so here's the sad part is that, is that, that if they continually set the, the goal towards perfectionism, you know, if they, if they jump... 13 beautiful fences, but they roll one rail and then they go home and they cry because they rolled that rail and they don't, and they forget about the 13 other great fences. The problem with that is, is that if it happens over and over, then that young rider might consider changing sports. And that's the one thing we need to, we need to avoid. We need to encourage the riders to, to focus on their strengths rather than their weaknesses. There's something called, um, the abundance mindset versus the scarcity mindset. The scarcity mindset is always telling ourselves what we're not good at and what we don't do well. Unfortunately, many of us, you know, uh, we have a pretty strong scarcity mindset. Um, for example, you never, you never see a rider spill ketchup on their britches. They get really happy because they didn't get it on their, their, their shirt. You know, we just focus on the negative. Um, but what we need to do is, is change the riders from using that scarcity mindset, what they're not good at, what they're, what they're not doing well, and instead have them look at their abundance mindset. Tell themselves what they do do well, what they, you know, what they are good at. You know? So I left up those 13 fences. My distances were great. I balanced 13 wonderful fences. Now I pulled the oxer. I pulled the rail on the oxer. I'm going to go home and I'm going to ask my coach to help me work on oxer so I can leave it up in the future. Well, what they just used there is they use the abundance mindset. They focus on what they're good at, but they didn't avoid their troubles. They didn't avoid their imperfections. They learn from them, and they're willing to accept the imperfections, and they're learning to you know, create that as a mistake and then try and fix it. And, and I think at the end of the day, it's that attitude, using, using the solution-focused mindset instead of just overly focusing on the problem, and then using the abundance-focused mindset. And I think if we do that, we create. We create solutions, we create improvement, and at the same time, we create that warm, fuzzy, wonderful, positive, encouraging, confident feeling that needs to go along with being a good recreational or competitive rider. So, well, I can tell yeah, you... An interesting comment about per- perfectionism. Yeah. There's a little bit of perfectionist in you, um, and I say that because I have your new book in my hands. <laughs> it's the perfect book. It's the perfect <laughs> book. It, you know what? It's the way... I, the, and, and unfortunately, Helena doesn't have hers yet, but she's supposed to get it today or tomorrow. 
this book is laid out so well. It is more of a, it's more of an instruction manual than a book, and it really than than a book you would just sit down and read cover to cover like a novel. This thing, and it's a lot different than your other books were in in the layout. And I really, for a guy with ADD, I really really like this. Um, you know, I, I wrote the book for you. I knew I it. it. <laughs> I knew it. And I am not a perfectionist, so you know that's uh, yeah. not something yeah, I have to I, do. I wrote with. the book with. I wrote the book with lots of lots of cartoons for you. Glenn. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. And what did I do when I first got the book, Helena? I looked through every page and read the cartoons. Oh, totally. <laughs> that's the first thing oh, yeah. I did. That's, what that's fun true. Does. It's what that's I. That's where he gets yeah. most of his information, news, cartoons. <laughs> 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 has to be animated. If you really want to get a point across to Glenn, animate it. That's right. You better animate it and make it colorful. That's yeah. why we love Disney so much. But <laughs> well, you, you, you know what? And and I, I I appreciate your 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 kind words. I I think that's wonderful. I'm glad you enjoy it. Um, and. And the book was written, believe it or not, to be a bit of a, a, a mental coaching or mental training manual, you know, so, so you know, for, for your readers who, or I'm sorry, for your listeners who have the book, you, they'll notice there are 40 or 50 or 60 fill-in-the-blank sections. There's um, uh, pressure-proof projects, you know, they can, um, they can take a quiz on, on how they handle certain, certain situations. So, so the book is written a bit as a, as a training manual. It gives you information and then it allows you to sort of test yourself and then it will give you tips and step-by-step examples how to overcome um, being a perfectionist, for example. But at the same time, training manuals can be a bit dry. You know, I mean, if, if I were to pick up a training manual on you know, a computer operating system. I'm going to expect that manual to be really good for me when I can't sleep. I'm going to expect that manual to put me to sleep. Well, so, and that's but, why the so Dummies the, books came out. It was to make hard things simple. I mean, there you go. And the Dummies, even the title, you know what the titles do? They lighten the subject. Right. Um, and so I'm hoping that the cartoons in the book will lighten the subjects. And then through the book, there's plenty of jokes and, and silly stories. And then, and then, and then there's lots of little sort of sidebars and text boxes. So you don't have to read a whole page. You can open up a page and just read a little, a little quote about somebody who got hit in the chest by a duck, you know, or you can read a little, a little fun fact, you know, um, uh, take 17 muscles to smile, but 43 muscles to frown, you know, these are the kind of fun facts that are kind of scattered throughout the book, hopefully so that we can take a training manual and make it fun. You know, like 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 you said, like the the all those new dummy books. So the p- title wonderful. should have been "Pressure Proof." You're writing for dummies. For that- dummies. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, Glenn. there we go. I got a new title for my next book. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Is that you, Glenn? Should yes, I just say like Glenn. Pressure Proof. Say you're writing for Glenn. D- for dummies like Glenn. That's perfect. Like Glenn. Well, no, I, you can count me in that. I'm a dummy. I might be happy to make mistakes, but I make a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> you're, hey, if you're going to do something, do it well. well Oh, that's over right. and over yes. again. <laughs> yes. yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but no, the the publishers Trafalgar Square, they just you know they're just the best at what they do. They've always you know they've been the publishers for from you know everybody from Sally Swift to Linda Tellington Jones to you know to Denny Emerson, regardless of of you know the listeners' discipline or sport level of recreation or competitive. Trafalgar Square has been the has been the the 
the the team that has always put together these wonderful books, and they just did a great job with the layout. Don't you think, Glenn, that the the colors and the oh and yeah the flow? I just it's, thought they did a great job, and it's really really easy to read. And and it, it, you know, again, it doesn't read like a book or a novel. Uh, you know, and because you have the activities uh, in here, uh, almost every chapter, it mm-hmm. really forces you. It forces you if you do it to think about what you've just read, it, and then to act on what you just read. It forces exactly. you to make that extra step, which, which, is the, which is the most difficult. Anybody can read a book, but you're forcing them to deal mentally with these situations that you really are pressure-proofing them in the book, too, because you're forcing them to think about things they don't want to think about. Hey, did, did, did Helena or Glenn, did you ever take those Cosmos qui- Cosmo quizzes? <laughs> oh <my laughs> you know, God, are you yeah. the right mate for your partner? Or you, you know yes. those Cosmo quizzes? Yes, I yes. used to love taking those. I had a I had a girlfriend when I was younger. I took those quizzes and I learned so much about myself. Apparently, I was just a tragically horrible boyfriend, but I learned. <laughs> about myself and and um so the book i i I think i think if i gave a hundred percent um then i would teach some good information in the book but i think if i give 120 percent i'm going to i'm going to teach the information in the book but then i'm going to see if i'm going to if i can help the the readers actually integrate that information into their life and and glenn i think that's the whole purpose of the the fill in the blank you know, worksheets at the end of every chapter is you just read about perfectionism. Um, so are you a perfectionist? Well, take this little quiz. You know, how would you handle this situation? What would you do? What would you think in this situation? And then at the end, you get a number, don't you? You know, it says, oh, I've scored seven on the quiz. That means I'm in the middle. That means, well, I have perfectionistic tendencies, but I'm doing okay. And then here are three things that I can do to move a little bit away from being a perfectionist. So um, so the information is there, but but I think those quizzes and, 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 and fill-in-the-blank you know, uh, uh, um, worksheets at the end of the chapter. I think that's to help the readers take the information and integrate it into their actual lives. So, uh, and I think that's so important, and, and and that's what takes it from being a book to a training manual. Really, truly takes it well, into something yeah. that's going to benefit you in the future, rather than just something you read and forget. That's what takes it from a book to a perfect book. <laughs> <laughs> It is yeah. it, it is really good, and I think you're going to sell a ton of these. I really do. Um, it, it's oh, a, it's available now. Where? So you know what? It's available everywhere. I, you know, again, Trafalgar is real, real, real good at at, at sort of uh, of exposing the book. It's it's um, released in Europe as well as in in the United States. Um, so so I have a lot of emails from people in Europe asking me how to get the book. Um, but here in the United States, it's um, it's on all the websites. So I just heard this yesterday. People can order it at Amazon, um, but the delivery date on Amazon is November or December. So wow, there's so um, so I'm I'm not so sure that that's the right way to go. Um, uh, I, I believe the best way to go would be to order it from my website because any book that's ordered through me. Um, gets delivered with an autograph on it. So, um, so if any of your listeners would like, um, you know, would like an autograph copy of, of Pressure Proof, then they can just they can just you know click on it through my website, and then there's a little section on the order form. Who would you like me to dedicate the book to? So, so at that point, you know, uh, uh, one of your listeners could email me or and, and say, 
I just purchased the book. Please dedicate it to my horse and I, or please dedicate it to my pony club and I, or please dedicate it to my barn, you know, or, or something like that. So I, I think it's wonderful. I have two or three autographed um, uh, books on my bookshelf, and, and I don't put them on the bookshelf. I display them above the bookshelf because they become a bit of a special book. So if any of your listeners would like to purchase a dedicated and autographed copy, then they can just do that right at my website, which is Stuart Clinics. Dot com and uh, and the price is all the same, but you get that really cool little piece of penmanship on the front cover. <laughs> I can see it now. He has his kids there signing books all night long. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I've got I've got a group of you know, eight year olds signing my books. They're over in China working in it now. No, I couldn't do that. <laughs> they could they could do my autograph though. My autograph looks just exactly like what my kids do on the on the walls with crayons. But, um, yeah. Crayons? Your kids only use crayon. Mine had a sharpie. Had sharpie. Oh. oh yeah. Yeah, you might want to just. Get a box of crayons, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. So it's uh, StuartClinics.com, right? That's right. It's plural. There's an S on the end of it. I think Stuart Clinic is some StuartClinic.com. I think it's some chiropractor guy. <laughs> okay. Well, we don't want him. So put an, so. S, put an S on the end of it. Or they can just do the Google search. I'm pretty sure I, I come up number one because it's the perfect book so. well this is terrific we 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 uh we really uh appreciate you stopping by and chatting with us we could talk to you all day um wow. it's so much fun it's pressure proof your writing by daniel stewart uh comes highly recommended by me anyway i give it a full six flakes out of the bail so <laughs> two thumbs up well hey guys and i sure appreciate you letting me talk about the new book it it was two and a half years in the making and and lots of work with photographers and wonderful artists and a wonderful publishing team and it means a great deal to me. I, I, I love the book. I think it's a, a wonderful book with a great message. And the message at the end of the day is, is keep doing what you love, but love what you do. Glenn the Geek here. The life of horse person is hard enough, and we all hate doing the required paperwork. And unfortunately, many of us never get around to it, and it just piles up on our desk. That is about to change thanks to the Equisketch Records app for your iPhone or iPad. My wife and I use it to track our horses, and we absolutely love this thing. Equisketch Records is the most thorough and complete equestrian records app on the market today. We love this app because you can track your farrier work, your dental, your Coggins, medicines, worming, and so much more. And you can get reminders on your device when all of these things are due. You'll never forget a worming or shots or farrier visit again. But it not only tracks your horse, you can also manage your horse shows, including individual events. You can manage riders, including lessons and memberships, and so much more. And you can sync it between your iPhone and your iPad, and all of this for the price of a couple of cups of coffee from Starbucks. Search for Equisketch Records in the iOS App Store or go to Equisketch.com. That's E-Q-U-I-S-K-E-T-C-H.com. Equisketch.com. This man is a phenomenal coach. I know, Glenn, you and I, we talk about it all the time. Like, oh, we love Daniel Stewart. He yeah. writes perfect books. He's yeah, a great he's clinician. He's one of my favorite guests, though. I, he really is. And he's just as good in person. And the, the passion and the authenticity behind what you hear here on, on our radio show, it is. It's authentic. He's the same way in person. The message is consistent. But most of all, I think the thing I love most about Daniel Stewart is he is a phenomenal 
coach. I've seen him do, we've both seen him do different things. I, w- I had lunch with him and got to see him do a indoor clinic. It was wintertime and he, w- I forget whether it was, it was a dressage association or somebody like that or pony, I don't remember. But uh, it was an all day thing inside. Uh, and you got to see him actually teaching with riders. So I rode in one of his clinics. Yep. I audited a clinic. I went to um, one at Equine Affair. I have his first book. Obviously, we you're a stalker. A I'm not a stalker. <laughs> oh my goodness! Now, if you were a stalker, you wouldn't be paying. You have to pay. So. You have to pay. No, you know what it is. You know what it is. Um, I think in the equestrian world, there are no there are no shingles to hang out that require certification. Anybody can, right. can call themselves a trainer or coach. Obviously, when you go up through the levels and you start doing the kind of coaching that Daniel's done, you ha- need to have some credibility and effectiveness in what you do. But that said, there are a lot of people, quote unquote, at the top who really aren't all that and a bag of chips. You know what I mean? They, they get there. I don't know how they get there, but they're there. So when you see somebody who is genuine, who, who generally wants to support other riders, it's what he does is not ego based. It is supportive and helpful. You see it. They stand out from the crowd. And Daniel is one of those coaches, one of those teachers, one of those instructors so you know you you when you see it you cling to it well we appreciate him taking the time to join us that's for sure and get his book everybody i don't care what the other thing i wanted to point out when when he was on is that it doesn't matter what you do whether you're a competitor or backyard uh trail rider or or whatever you're going to get something out of this book even if you're not a rider you're going to get something out of this book because it really is a book more about life and your attitude towards the mental positive side of life than it is just riding. So it, it accomplishes both of those things. So check it out. So you picked this product this week, Kalina, our product highlight of the week, and it is something that I had never heard of. It, it, I had never heard of it either until the until we attended the American Equestrian Trade Association show in August. Um, I met this the owners of the company. The name of the company is called OnTite, and they make the OnTite magnetic stirrup system. And I think it's pretty cool. I thought it was kind of cool technology. Of course, when you go to these trade shows, everybody's kind of talking about what the latest and greatest technology is, and. Technology comes and technology goes. What I found really interesting about their products is that um, it's new and it's innovative and it actually can revolutionize the way we ride. And it's applicable to all riders from the amateur, you know, the backyard horse owner and trail rider all the way up to Olympic level show jumpers. So what it is... Should I say what it is? Yes. <laughs> we won't know unless you tell us. <laughs> okay. What it is, is um, it's a magnetic stirrup system. So there's two parts to it. There's the stirrup iron, and then there is a magnetic um, piece that goes into the rider's boot. So you can either purchase the boot from Ontite, or you can have your own boots fitted with this magnetic strip. And it's really simple to do. So I'm going to start first with the, the boots. The folks who own Ontite, they come from a boot making background. 
They're, these people are like the Italian bootmakers that make the best Italian riding boots out there. They know their footwear. They know their leather. They know boots. So the boots that come with this system are incredible. They're really high quality. The only difference between these boots technologically and the other riding boots on the market is that they feature this patented magnetic technology, which works with patented magnetic technology that's inside the stirrup iron. And what it does is it just creates enough of a magnetic grip to keep the rider's foot, the ball of the foot, in the ideal position for them in their stirrups. It's not like a, you know, it's like you find your perfect position and that's where your foot will stay. It doesn't lock you into the stirrups. It just creates enough of a grip so that you're not, you don't have to constantly readjust your foot to find that sweet spot. And that's pretty much it. But what does that do for the rider? Now, I don't have a pair of these. There, there are a pair coming. I'm going to be testing them out so I can give you the full report once they get here. But the idea is, is that because you're not constantly um, adjusting your foot and your stirrups, you're, you have greater comfort in your leg. You have greater stability and security in the saddle. And your leg aids are more effective. So you get comfort, you get effectiveness, and therefore you get performance. Uh, does this mean that Jennifer would yell at me last for my feet being in the wrong place in the stirrups? Yes. See, it accomplishes the goal. I get yelled at last. Well, because my yeah. foot's always in the wrong spot, and she's always getting on my case about it. I and I'm constantly readjusting my foot because I'm such a sensitive perfectionist. I, if my <laughs> if the ball of my foot isn't in that sweet spot in the stirrup, it drives me nuts. So I'm constantly readjusting, and I also have a bad habit of um, lifting my heel up because my, Brody's a little bit dull to the leg aids. He was a, a school horse for some time before I got him. So I really have to kind of dig my foot in sometimes if I'm not wearing spurs and that I have a tendency to lift my heel up, which is not good while I'm working on that though. <laughs> um, you know, so my foot comes up at the stirrup. I lose my position with this magnetic stirrup system. You lose your stirrup less that doesn't help with the bad habit, but it does help you to focus on fixing the bad habit. Now, is yeah. is this, is the magnet strong? Is it a real strong? It is. Well, again, I have not ridden in them yet. Okay. That will come soon. Um, but what they've done is a lot of testing on how much grip it should have so that they don't want to restrict the rider's foot, but they do want to create good contact between the boot and the stirrup iron. Um, you, It's very easy. If you watch the videos on their website, all you have to do is gently twist your foot, it's just sort of an, an angle of the way you take your foot out of the stirrups, and it just comes right up. It breaks the magnetic force. Oh, so if you, if you fall off, your foot's not going to get stuck in there because of the magnets? Absolutely not. No, you can just be sitting at rest and gently rotate your foot and lift it up, and it breaks the magnetic grip. It, it doesn't take much, um, but it does take a focused effort to get your foot out of the stirrup. Boy, and if you want to find a nail in the paddock, you just walk around. Oh, Maybe. I don't know. I don't think it works that way. Oh, what's well, a magnet, right? Uh, <laughs> otherwise, your, your foot would be, like, attracted to you. I know. I was just thinking about that. I think if you're walking across a metal grate or something, you're just going to be stuck. <laughs> yeah. You probably yeah. need both sides. And, well, here's um, – they are approved. Yeah, I was uh, going to ask you that. Is it approved? FEI approved? Yep. Yep. It's FEI approved for show jumping. Um, we're not, I'm not quite sure if it's FEI approved for, um, eventing yet. And okay. I don't know about dressage. So we're, we're finding that out. And 
they report every time they get some kind of, they reach some kind of um, competitive milestone, they'll put it up on their website or Facebook. Uh, but I know that Laura Kraut is a huge fan of those. She uses these in competition. She's used them in like four Olympics. Um, Philip Dutton has used them, but I don't know that he can use them at the upper levels of competition because I'm not sure if they're approved for that level yet, but I know he's a big fan and he does, does and has used use them. And there's a whole host of pro riders that are big fans. So, you know, it's not some gimmick. It, it, it actually helps increase your performance for like me, an amateur rider, especially one who's, you know, got a grafted ACL. It's really going to help improve your comfort level in your stirrups, especially for long hours in the stirrups, like when you're hunting. Very good. Well, where can you find them? Um, you can find them on their website at ontite.com, O-N-T-Y-T-E, or you can just search them on Facebook. And um, there's lots of information. There's great videos, photographs. And the cool thing is, is they have like this booty system that you can try. So if you go to a local tax store that carries the Ontite system, um, but you don't want to invest in buying it, then they can send you home with this little booty in the stirrup and you can see whether or not this type of grip and support is helpful for you. Oh, cool. Well, very good. And I noticed that on their website, there is a search function and everything. So um, you can, you can check it out there, but it's O N T Y T E.com. That's the Italian way of spelling tight. Yes. Uh, Just kidding. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, Helena. Well, that's it for this week. We've plain run out of time. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget about the app. Download our app at, uh, just search for Horse Radio Network in the iOS or the Android App Store. And for details about today's show, go to StableScoop.com. And for all the past episodes of Stable Scoop, that's where you can find them. If you want to listen to some of Daniel's other interviews we've done with him, it's very easy. Just go search for Daniel Stewart on our website at StableScoop.com. We'll bring up all the episodes that he's been in. You can do that for anybody, actually. Uh, and uh, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Stable Scoop, and you can comment there or send us an email. It's Helena at horseradionetwork.com and Glenn with two N's at horseradionetwork.com. We also need to thank our sponsors, and uh, we have three great ones today Kentucky Performance Products, Equisketch, and Road to the Horse. That's it, Helena. We're out of here for this. We week. are. We are. That was plenty for this week. But there will be more next week. Until then, happy scooping. 